Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. All right, welcome back to the Bold Believer Podcast. Once again, as always, I'm your host, Josh Snyder. And I am no longer in the state of Georgia for this episode, at least. We are up visiting my family in Montana State, so we'll be here for the next week or so. We're going to hit the slopes tomorrow. I've got a concert I'll be putting on this next week. So a lot of little things that we're excited to, to do as we're up here visiting. We'll be back uh, down in Georgia this coming week. And, and anyway, um, but I say that to say I'm not in the studio with with Isaac or, or any of the guys that would normally hop on and be a part of the episode, but I do believe that what I'm going to be sharing here in just a moment will be helpful, will be inspiring, will be encouraging for you in your walk. We're going to continue the Faith Defense series and episodes to follow. If you've been listening to any of the most recent ones, we've been going through and giving out uh, apologetics-based uh, evidences and, and things that will support the Christian faith and good, good realistic questions and answers for our faith. Because truly, uh, a faith just in faith alone, like if I have faith just to have faith in what I believe and I don't know much about it, I can't rightfully defend or be ready to give an answer to those who ask why I have that faith. And, and we were challenged, we've been challenged by God through, the, through Scripture to try to be ready to give those answers. And so we need to study, study to show ourselves approved, uh, be able to rightly divide the word f- uh, for God and for the, the people around us that would ask us of why we believe what we believe. But so come back again for uh, another, an episode uh, around that idea, the Faith Defense Series. That'll be in weeks to come. But this week, uh, we're going to go uh, off on an episode uh, based on a, a lesson that I put together a while back called The Super, The Subtle, and The Subconscious. The Super, The Subtle, and The Subconscious. And I'll explain what that means here in just a moment. But first, we're going to get to the most important part. And this week, we're going to do something a little different for the Bold joke of the day. This week's bold joke will be told by, yeah, Miss Siri. Welcome here, Siri. Siri, how are you doing today? I'm happy to be here. All right. Uh, Siri, will you tell me a joke? My TV remote just suddenly stopped working the other day. I guess I must have really pressed its buttons. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Siri. I appreciate it. If you don't know who Siri is, then you, well, you probably live under a rock. Um, Some don't like Siri, and that's okay. I think Siri probably hears more than she should. You know, I'm talking to my friend about uh, the latest product or or something that I want to buy for my business or whatever, and, and then for some reason, my phone starts advertising those things that I've been looking for or I'm thinking about buying, and I haven't even looked it up yet. So, Siri, you probably listen too much, but thank you for that joke today. Uh, pressed its buttons, huh? You'll have to go back and listen to that and go share that with somebody, all right? Make the world a better place. But jumping right into today's topic uh, called the super, the subtle, and the subconscious, we're going to be talking about sin. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a doozy of an episode. You're going to feel so inspired and enlightened by the end of this. Uh, Well, maybe. I don't know. But (laughs) the topic must be talked about because we as believers, we as Christians, must know what the enemy's devices are when they're coming at us. And if we're not talking about it, who's going to talk about it? Yeah, read it. Get in the Word of God. Read it for yourself. And I want to divide some of that here today. I believe there are three different ways, at least three different ways that comes to mind that sin manifests itself or sin makes itself known in our lives. Here's the thing. 
first and foremost, this episode is to the believer. This episode is to the person who believes beyond a shadow of a doubt that if they were to die, they, were, they would spend eternity with God. Why? Because of what Christ did on the cross. Salvation is a gift from, from, from Christ to us, and it's extended to us freely. And when we accepted that, we became a child of God. We were adopted into the family of God. And Christ's blood covers our sins, a multitude of sins, from past, present, to the future. Our sins are covered by Christ. But that does not give us a license to sin. Let me say this, and Paul said it very well, so let me just, let me just quote Paul. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, when he asks the question, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace, that God's grace, may abound? Let me, let me phrase it in 2022 English. Shall I continue to sin so that God will keep forgiving me? Because it will keep forgiving me. Because God will keep forgiving me. Should I continue to do what I'm doing because God's grace is sufficient? And here's the answer that Paul goes on to say, and, and I believe it's verse 2. He says, God forbid. No. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Christ died for us, taking not only the stripes that we laid on his back and across his body and bearing him to a cross. When he died for us, he took the sin of the world. And that sin was placed on his shoulders so intently that God the Father could no longer look at him. And that is why the scripture says the sky went dark, or at least that is why most speculate the sky went dark when he cried out, when, when Christ was on the cross and he cried out in the middle of the day. It was the middle of the day and the sky goes dark and God couldn't even look at his son because his son wore our sin. So sin is a serious matter to God. That is why Jesus died. And just and when we become a child of God, we are covered by the payment of, of, of his blood that he shed on the cross for our sin. So some people on one end of the spectrum will say, well, that means I can do anything I want. No, no, we're gonna we're actually gonna examine a little bit more of, of the answer why we don't we aren't we don't give we're not given some license to sin here in this episode. But then people on the other end of that spectrum believe just like any other religious effort in this world believes that you need to work or try as hard as you can to hold on to your salvation. And let me say this and say it very clearly: we cannot hold on to our salvation by works because if we can, that is a works-based salvation. That is a salvation that is not of what Jesus did on the Christ did on the cross alone for us that is a salvation that we somehow can maintain or hold on to ourselves and if we can maintain or hold on to our salvation by our works then what Christ did was in vain Christ paid the price in full and that is why uh, in Romans it says for by grace are you saved through faith it's not of works yet not of yourself not of works, lest any man should boast. That means when we get to heaven, we will only be able to say, I am here because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, further or beyond that, when Paul asked the question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Beyond the salvation that was given to us, God moved into our life, moved into, some people say, into our hearts. You know, I, I don't believe he moved into our hearts, but he lives within us. He's, he, he, the Holy Spirit is a part of who we are now as children of God. And because he is, whenever we do what is out of line with the will of God, we grieve the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the Spirit of God, whereby, or it's through the Holy Spirit, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. We are secure in Christ, but we can grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. We can push against God's will for our life. I believe that is very biblically shown. And when we do that, we will lose blessing. We will lose reward in heaven. We will lose reward here on this side of the earth. And we may even affect our witness for Christ so much so that it affects people around us. When David sinned with Bathsheba and committed adultery with her and then killed her husband because he wanted her, uh, that was that was that was a terrible thing, and, and the prophet Nathan comes in and basically tells him, "You've given the people down at the bars something to laugh about. You've given the people who don't even like God something to say. Well, look, this guy professes to be a child of God. This guy professes to be righteous, and look what he just did. So when we sin, we not only beat ourselves up, we not only uh, mess with our physical or mental or even spiritual walk here on this side." we will do damage to the kingdom of God. And I say that to say sin is a serious issue no matter who you are in Christ. If you are a child of God, we need to take sin seriously. I don't want to beat up the beat this too much, but I do want to give this outline of some of uh, of, of something that I look to when trying to find or to oh, weed out the sin that wants to naturally grow up in our life. And when I say naturally, I mean All through scripture, it's clear that there is a natural man, a carnal man, a man or a woman who is naturally at enmity with God, even with the Holy Spirit indwelling. You might say, what? What do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. In our mortal bodies, in our current uh, condition, if you're listening to this right now and you are alive on this side and you've got flesh over your bones, you will fall short. You will sin in some capacity. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how well you think you're doing, sin wants to creep in or to grow into your life. And it comes easy. Why? Because we have a sin nature. Yes, even we as children of God have a sin nature. But as well, we have the Holy Spirit which is the divine nature. It is what secures us in Christ. And when we listen and give all to that nature, to the Holy Spirit, we will have victory. But we can only have victory when we walk in victory, when we live out intentionally following after the principles of God laid out in Scripture. So there are the super, the subtle, and the subconscious, or the super, the super sins, or the really big sins, the sins that are obvious up in our face, uh, the, the subtle, the sins that creep in, and then the subconscious, the ones that can creep in, but most of the time the subconscious sins, we know that they're there, and they're deep down inside, and we may leave a door open, and, and oh, I might not I might not be strong on this day, so maybe I'll just mess up a little bit, and we fall off the edge. And I say we because I'm going to be preaching to myself here as we go throughout this. So listen up. Let's start off with uh, the super. The super. This one is pretty obvious. The super, and I said it a moment ago, implies that it is a very obvious, up-in-your-face kind of sin. Most of the time we think of things like the Ten Commandments, for example. Uh, and, And when it says, you know, don't do this, don't do this, you should do this, you should do this, don't do this. Those are the ones that come to our mind first. But that does not mean that that is the only will of God. When I say that, I mean God would have us do or not do many things in this life. And to discover that, one, we need to listen to the Spirit's leading. And two, we need to be reflecting into Scripture daily. But there are some sins, many sins, things that we 
that we would do to fall short, whether it was prior to salvation or even after salvation, that are very obviously wrong. Let's look back to when maybe we first became a Christian. Uh, Maybe that was yesterday. Maybe that was last year. Maybe that was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I don't know. But most of us at that point in time, when we came to God, we saw a lot of obvious, what we would call, quote-unquote, bigger sins. Again, I I don't want to kick one person more than another because every sin will send us to hell. Every sin separates us from God. And justly, if God cannot have sin in his presence, one, that means we have to either lean into Jesus and that price that he paid because he was the only perfect lamb of God who could completely pay it, or we lean into ourselves or lean on ourselves. And when we do that, we will always fall short because we are not perfect. None of us are perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. The president's definitely not perfect. The past president's not perfect. Nobody's perfect but God. But Jesus came and died for us. Now, I don't want to, again, overstretch any of these points, but there are some sins that when we first came to God that are, that are just very obviously wrong. We knew that we shouldn't be doing that. We, even prior to, God, prior to Christ, prior to God, B.C., before Christ, we knew that we shouldn't be doing those things because every single one of us has some sort of a conscience that leads us to God, and then when we sear it enough, well, we don't hear it anymore. And... As a believer, as a believer, we now have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so when we first came to him, there's a lot of obvious things that we know we need to take out and, and weed out. And many of us did. And many of us strove to get those things out. And a lot of people, I, I have very close friends who got saved, as we call it, who got born again uh, and and very much so got born again. <laughs> I say that not to mock them, but there were people that came to Christ and their eyes were illuminated to the things that were going on in their life and the life of those around them. And so the first thing that they did is they went home and they cleaned house, not their actual house, but their spiritual house. They cleaned themselves up as best as they could, so to speak. And then they went out and they started slashing at the gates of hell with everything that they had. And sometimes they cut the wrong people. You know, you may know somebody, somebody might come to mind and Nobody comes to mind like this, and it's probably you. <laughs> Somebody who, who finds the power of the Holy Spirit so rejuvenating and energizing and enlightening, and, and you see all the wrong, or you see all the right, and you start saying things very zealously for God. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes there are things that are not rightly placed when we say them. And, and we can do some damage for, to the kingdom. But let me get back here. I'm rabbit trailing a little bit. <laughs> there are some sins, many sins that we at one point saw in our life that were super obvious. And maybe you've been a, a Christian for a long time. And now you look around and you don't see as many obvious sins, Lord willing. You look around and you keep a fairly clean slate, so to speak, between yourself and the Savior. So sin, an act of known sin in our life, can not only do damage to the kingdom, but it can also uh, push against the relationship you have with God. No, it's not, a rela- not, not determining your salvation, but if there's something between your soul and the Savior, if there's something between yourself and the will of God, I would challenge you. Every point's going to have an application or a question at the end of it. Here's this question. Is there some super sin, some, some sin, wrong, very obviously wrong, that you're allowing to grow in your life, that you're allowing to be a part of your life. And if the answer is yes, I want to challenge you. Let it go. There's no better place to be than right where God wants you. And, and, and that sin is going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back and do damage to the kingdom of God. And you're going to get, you're going to live, you won't live in victory. I mean, that's just the thing. You're going to lose reward in heaven. You're going to you're going to live with a dampered relationship between you and the Holy Spirit. It's going to you're not going to see the power of God working in your life. Man, let it go. I I think back to a, a time of 
a, a place very recently where I needed to confess some sin, not only to God, but to somebody who was very close to me. I needed to let this person know that I did something against them. And I was so scared to do so, and I waited months. And, I, and, and in those months, I felt conviction to talk about it after conviction after conviction. And I, I wasn't, I was so ashamed, and I, I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to sweep it under the rug and let it go. I talked to God. I repented to God over it. I, I, let, it, I let it go. It's no longer part of my life. And I, all these excuses that I would think in, in my head, but there was just something that was severing my perfect walk or my ability to continue forward in this journey, spiritually speaking, and that thing I knew <laughs> beyond a pretty reasonable shadow of a doubt that it was this thing that I needed to confess to uh, somebody very close to me. What happened when I confessed? Not only a weight was lifted off my shoulder, but this person became closer to me because of it. And now I can rest easy knowing that there's nothing between myself and this person and, and the power of God is now free to reign in my life as long as I'm continually submitted to it. So there are some things that are very obviously needing to be weeded out or taken out of our life. So let me challenge you. If there's something like that that you look around and you see very obviously growing up in your life, get it out. In Jesus' name, get it out. The next thing that we can see growing in our life or the next sin that makes itself known in our life is the subtle sins. The sins that very, well subtly, without trying to, you know, using the words to define the word, very conspicuously, very um, incognito grow up in our life. The heart is deceitfully and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Scripture tells us that our heart or the inner man, the flesh, is desperately wicked. Not just wicked, desperately wicked. So wicked that we in our flesh would do nothing of value for the kingdom. We, on our days that we lean only on our flesh, will not look like Christ, even as believers. In all reality, this is as easy as it sounds, the subtle. It's, not, it's as easy as it sounds. It's the exact opposite of the category we just looked at. These sins slowly creep into our lives, but yet a lot of times we see it coming and know that we need to do something. Uh, you, you probably look back to a time even recently. You see this sin coming into your life, very subtly growing up into your heart, in your mind. You're feeding it. You're letting it grow there. You're thinking about it. I, I look back to a time yesterday. There were some thoughts that were coming through my mind as I drove across, across the country. And, and I wanted to get those thoughts out. But then I just sat there and I, I fed into it just a little bit. And I thought about it a little longer. And I, I fantasized in my head more than I should. And ah, I got, you can ask my wife, I got so aggravated at myself that out loud I verbally expressed what was going on. And when I did, and asking God, God, please forgive me for letting that grow up a little bit. When I did, there was freedom in it. There was a relief in it. And I could walk with a clean conscience. Hey, it's a fight. It's a daily fight and it's worth fighting. The subtle sins will slowly creep into our life. They're not going to come in as screaming saying, hey, I'm wrong. At least uh, not, not seemingly. But these sins will sometimes also be obvious to our friends and our families. Like they'll look in and they'll see it because, again, it is obvious. It is a little easier, rather, for our friends and our family, or people who are close to us, to see some things coming or coming down the line, and call it out. Easier sometimes than we call it out. It might be obvious to them, even if it's not that big of a deal, so to speak. Quote unquote. Again, quote unquote. Not that big of a deal. Paul said it clearly in Romans chapter six, verses twenty-one through twenty-three, when he said. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now, being made free from sin and becoming servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What fruit did you have in those things? Why are you feeding it? Why are you letting it grow up? This is a question I got to ask myself quite often. Why am I allowing this to be here? What profit is in it? What am I going to gain if I let this continue to grow up like it is? And we all know the answer to that. Most of us aren't ignorant of Satan's devices, at least not, not in many of the levels that we act like we are some days. But when those sins grow up, they become, well, as we talked about a second ago, the super. And when, this, when they take root, man, it's so much harder to pull out. There's so much harder to fight against. Here's the thing. Satan would like you to, to feed into some of that lust or to feed into some of that. Uh, maybe, maybe just take one drink and you know you're an alcoholic or struggle with, with uh, drinking in excess. Maybe you should just take one puff and you know that this isn't good for you. Maybe just, you know, whatever your sin that Satan knows where to plug is, Satan would have you just tempt it just a little bit. Just feed into it just a little bit. Scroll. Keep just scrolling. Keep looking through. See what's next. What comes up next. And and when you do, you know that there are things being rooted down inside your inner self that are going to come out and bite you if you keep feeding it. The subtle, the things that creep up. And this, this kind of ties over to the third one. The third and final thing can coincide with the subtle, but it is the subconscious. So the subtle at times can come up and we don't see it coming. Let me just say that. That is a very distinct difference between the subtle and the subconscious. The subtle can creep in, and sometimes the only people who see it are the people closest to us. And we don't even question it or think about it. But when brought to light, man, if, if the scripture's against it, I want to be against it. If God is against it, I, I need to be against it. Yes, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, but that also means that I am constantly fighting to walk in victory and to give myself to the Holy Spirit's leading every day. So the third and final point that here is the subconscious. The things that we do uh, inside of ourselves that don't necessarily make, make themselves known often. The things that we allow to happen inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, that we don't cut off like we should. The subconscious does have a lot of similarities with the category that I just mentioned, but I would like you to focus and zero in on this category uh, the most here as I, we finish up here. And I say that to say this is the category that most of the time it is the big stuff happening on a small scale within us. The big things that we know are happening inside of us, the things that we feed and we allow to sit there dormant, in our lives. I was reading through the book of First Kings, I believe it was, the other day, and it spoke of a place called the High Places. And one of the kings, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, went through and he cleaned house. The places that they worshipped called the High Places were places that they would worship their false idols. They were, generally speaking, they're high up. <laughs> they were on mountains. There were places that they'd set up their altars to these false gods. And when, when this king came through and he cleaned house, he threw out all the idols. He even kicked out his own mother because she was an idol worshiper and cleaned out the, the nation of Israel. He did all of this stuff, rightfully so, but he did not clean out or destroy the high places. Take down what they used to worship on or take down the altars that were on these high places, it stated. And those very places did damage even more so to the children of Israel in the years to follow because they gave them easy access and ready availability to worship false gods. And they fell, uh, if you know much about the children of Israel, just like many of us fall. Here's the thing. Let me say it, let me say it like this. 
I heard a story about a couple who was out on a date, and they had one of their friends who came along, and uh, they were sitting there, and they were conversing, and they were ordering from this really nice waiter. This waiter comes out of the kitchen and asks them politely if they need seconds and what, what else they'd like or if they'd like some dessert or some an extra drink or whatever the case was. And uh, there was, uh, again, like I said, a couple sitting there. And then their friend, who is a female, looks at this waiter, this nice waiter, and she takes her card with her phone number on it. She was a very prominent businesswoman, and she put her number on her direct cell phone number on the back of this card and then slid it across the table when he came to get the, give him the bill. And she said, hey, I, uh, I just went through a divorce, and uh, I'm, I get lonely some nights, so give me a call. And he takes that card, and he walks back into the kitchen with their bill and gives it to the uh, person who rung up their, the, the card and stuff like that. And he sat there considering some things in his life. Let me give some backstory to this waiter really quick. This waiter had just waited all his life to meet the woman of his dreams. And no, it wasn't the lady sitting at that table out there. It was a lady back at, at her home, a very nice young lady who was a Christian. She loved God. She loved him, this waiter. She loved him, and they were going to get married. And he began to think, man, that, that lady out of that table is really beautiful. And he began to consider some things that she had said a little bit longer than he should have. And after a while, he just got frustrated with it. And he thought, no, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I love God. I, I don't want to. I, I love this woman who I'm going to marry. I can't do this. And so what he does when he gets off a shift is he takes that card as he hustles into his house with all these thoughts clouding his mind. And he takes this card and he flings it into the top drawer as he goes through his bedroom. And he gets into his bathroom and he looks at himself in the mirror and he asks himself, what are you doing? On a deeper level, he subconsciously realized that he threw the card, not in the trash, not in the fireplace, but in the top of his drawer. Because subconsciously, he knew that there would come a day that he would desire to fail and there would be an open door readily available asking for him to fail. We as people need to tear the card up. Does that make sense? We as people who know that the sin nature desires to make its way out, our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all else, and who can know it? We as human beings need to tear the card up. And the story concludes that he went in and he tore that card up and he shredded it into the smallest pieces as he could and he threw it in the trash because he did not want to leave that open door even subconsciously available in his mind. And so let me ask you this. Is there a sin? Is there something in your life that you need to tear up? Again, this all comes back to the idea that we as people, as children of God, and more specifically, need to desire to live in freedom. Because again, there's no better place to be than right where God wants us to be. And if we know that, and we've seen that come to fruition, and we've seen that mightily work in our lives, then what are we doing subconsciously letting the high places stay up and not doing anything about them, as that Bible story talked about a little bit ago? What are we doing leaving those things in our life so that we can maybe someday fail and have availability to fail? What does that mean to you? Does that mean you should uh, throw out those bottles? Does that mean you need to put a lock on your home screen for your computer at home? Does that mean you should get yourself a filter for the internet? Does that mean you need to get an accountability partner that checks up on you every day? What does that mean? Because here's the thing, we can't do this alone. Let me say this in closing as, as I give you this application or ask you this to ask yourself. 
Is there something growing up in your life or something that can easily grow up in your life? And if so, what are you going to do about it? Yes, yes, I wish God would just come in and take away all of the sin from our lives physically. Like, I wish God would come in and make everything in my life perfect. But that is not the case. We still have a flesh to fight and, 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 and God to lift up high in this life. And it is a process that we need to each work out. So let me challenge you as we close up here to do what 2 Timothy 2.22 says when it says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So don't only run from lust or run from sin. We may just generalize it here. Don't just run from these things. Don't just fight. Don't just push against these things. But follow some things. Here's what we're called to follow. Called to follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. We're called to chase these things and to do it with those who love God, to do it with those who would help us up, to encourage us, to push us along, to pull us further in our walk. And again, I'm not a legalist. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sit behind here and sound like if you don't do this stuff, you're going to burn in hell. Or if you don't do this stuff, you're not a true Christian. Well, here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit's living inside, you'll have a desire to follow God. But that does not mean you will always have a desire to do what is right. That does not mean you're never going to desire what is wrong because we live with the flesh in this life. And when we crucify the flesh or when we kill the flesh and push against the flesh, there's some victory in that. There's some amazing amazing peace found on the other end of those battles that we win because Christ lives in us. So fight, push against your flesh, push against the things that would come against you, would come against your testimony, would come against your walk with God, would come against the kingdom in Jesus' name. Fight and run with those who would uh, follow God with all of their heart. That is why the church is so important, for example. Get into a good church if you haven't done so already. Take these questions that I've asked. Uh, is there something super? Is there any sins very obvious in your life? Is there some things going on subtly in your life, creeping in unawares even? Or is there some things that you're allowing to grow up subconsciously that you need to take out and to give wholeheartedly over to God? It's a daily process, but it's one worth fighting. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. I'm Josh Snyder. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode or episodes uh, prior put out or episodes to follow, please consider sharing them with a friend on your socials. It helps boost us to get us growing. And I appreciate you once again tuning in. Come back again next week. Go out and share your faith. Go out and be a light wherever God has placed you. Be a Bold Believer. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.